Well, hi. This is Reanimated, a podcast about all things zombie. My name is Stuart, one of your hosts. I'm in California. Joining me from New York, H.A. Conrad. Hello. Hello, hello. Greetings and welcome to the podcast, H.A. I know you're a longtime listener, first-time caller. Uh, I am. But here we go. Today we're talking about Dead City, episode one. Uh, very excited to dig into that with you. And we actually have a little tidbit of news, too. Um, a couple tidbits. Number one would be ZOM 100, Bucket List the Dead. I feel like we talk about this now every week. Yep. But the reason why <laughs> is because now the live action has uh, apparently poked its head out of the hole it's been in, in for months. Now there's a trailer and now we have a release date of August 3rd, which is like less than a month away. I don't understand marketing. I, Me neither. I, I just... You know, and I kind of do it some somewhat for a living. And it's just, it's mind boggling to me how, I mean, with Netflix, I guess they have so many releases that they can't possibly promote them all. But I feel like you can find ways to, you know, promote this niche stuff in the niche places that would like love it, maybe, and more than a month ahead. Uh, but uh, honestly, I'm on the flip side of that coin, I kind of like not having to see that it's coming out in a year. Um, and and to be excited about it coming imminently. So I, I guess I'm I'm of two minds about it. What do you where do you land there? No, I'm kind of on the same page. I also was sort of like, oh wow, it's coming out so soon. I honestly was thinking based on sort of how it was unfolding that it would probably be like an October release. So pleasantly surprised that it's so soon. Um, but I also agree, like. You know, and maybe that's why there's been so many little like things that they've put out there is because they knew it was going to come out um, so I, soon. But we also don't know. I mean, maybe the schedule is moved up, moved up for whatever reason. Um, and that's why it's sooner than it probably was was supposed to be. But I'm I'm happy that we just basically discovered it was happening. And it's going to come out so quickly. So I think I'm I'm all right with that. Yeah. Um, you know, if they can do the same sort of thing with Kingdom Season 3, that would be okay with me, too. But I really hope that they're going to do that. And All of Us Are Dead Season 2. Uh, however, so there's a trailer online. You can watch it. Uh, it's on YouTube. It was... Is it on the... Let me see. Is it even on the main Netflix account? Yes, it is. It's on Netflix, the YouTube channel. Zom 100 colon Bucket List of the Dead. So go check it out. And the the trailer looks amusing. It's comedy, yeah, as as you might expect from that list. Like guy hates his job, zombie apocalypse breaks out, and it's the best thing that ever happened to him. Sort of story, you know, the normal, the normal, <laughs> the normal trope. That's pretty weird. Um, so yeah, but looking forward to that in just a few short weeks. Um, and the anime I think is on is coming like maybe next week. Uh, so plenty of of Zom 100 viewing pleasure out there for people to have. Secondly, uh, I don't know if I like these guys or hate them now, but Alex Garland <laughs> and uh, what's the other guy's name? Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle. I yep. I have have been talking again about uh, pumping some reanimating chemicals into the corpse that is <laughs> i don't know i kind of feel like they're either trying to get support for for said idea and maybe this is just like getting or they're just gaslighting us all and like yeah. teasing us with this because this is like what the third or fourth interview they've given about this of late um and maybe i don't know it feels like this is a separate interview because this one they talk about 
how the sequel could be called, you know, they joked that a long time ago, they joked that it would be like 28 years later. Then they said, no, it would be 28 months later. And now they're saying, well, 28 years later would give it more distance from 28 weeks later, which I guess they didn't really love the direction it would go in. So they said that 28 years later might give it enough distance that they could, you know, kind of do their own thing with it again. Um, you know, I'm fine with whatever they decide to do as long as they decide to do something. But part of me is a little bit, sus I'm suspect, I'm suspect of whether this is going to like go anywhere. Um, but there was even like a little bit of a back and forth, like, oh, if Alex Garland isn't available, maybe Danny Boyle would take up the reins and do this again. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think there, it feels like a lot of interviews about this specific sequel to be like, it feels like there has to be something going on, right? This yeah, it feels like to a to a writer and a director, two directors just flirting with each other through the through the media, and I'm getting a little tired of it. Yeah, <laughs> they're just like, oh, would you? Do I don't know, would you? Oh, okay, like just have a meeting. Yeah, <laughs> just go to a go to a house uh, studio and be like, hey, would you would you fund this? And they'll probably be like, yeah, because 28 weeks later did fine in the box office. So yeah, I imagine. Well, I don't know, but also time has passed, so maybe they'll think that the, there isn't appetite for it anymore. But um, there's clearly I have appetite. an appetite for it. <laughs> there's clearly an appetite for it. I think they just want everybody to come out and be like, "Hey, can you just like beg them to do it?" Which you know, other than us, I suppose. But we'll see what happens with it. Um, but anyway, so yeah. yet yet another yet another teasing article. Um, I do like the idea of a 28 years later, though, because then it ends up being kind of, you know, it uh, it is almost literally 28 years later. <laughs> it's, so. very, it's very close to 28 years later. I mean, and if they do set it a little smidge in the future, then then, you know, Alex Garland can have some fun writing near future techie cool gizmos or, you know, yeah. something into it. Not that yeah. that's really been his bag, but he could play around with it if he was interested. Yeah. Um. So there, yeah, twenty eight years later, still, uh, still talking about it for another twenty eight years. Maybe. <laughs> uh, and so finally, then Rock Paper Shotgun, which is a, a video games news platform, has an article about Dying Light getting a Walking Dead crossover, not with AMC, but with Skybound, which is the publisher of the comic book. Um, which is interesting. Uh, there's not a lot of information or detail yet. But uh, just kind of like a stay tuned for more info on Twitter from a few weeks ago. But, you know, this was a game that I played a fair amount of. Um, we, we were talking about something like uh, Midnight Mass, I think, when this came out. Mm -hmm. I remember Kyle was on the uh, on the program at the time. It was it's a great game, honestly. I've been thinking about going back and playing it again because they've been patching the hell out of it. Um and it was a lot of fun. It was, I, I guess, it was not as scary as the first one, maybe. And I think they've tried to amp up the scariness of it in the time mm -hmm. since. So uh, I would be interested to see what they do, because these are fast zombies and they have different mechanics altogether from The Walking Dead. I don't know how a crossover would really work, uh, unless it's like a, a splinter sort of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we'll see. I'll let you know what uh, what happens, and uh, maybe I can record some some of my hot takes while I'm screaming at my computer. 
Well, and it's supposed to be the the comic versus the show that they're basing the storyline on for the for Walking Dead, right? Yeah, but I mean the, not... the walking the the zombie behavior is is fairly consistent between the show right, and the right, books. Right, right. But yeah. yeah, it would not be uh, AMC, right? I mean. That's what I'm saying. It's like they're kind of you know taking that IP and not they're probably it gives them a little bit more freedom to do whatever they're doing. With it. Yeah, the the way that they did the art for the the teaser was taking a character from the game and rendering them in the art style of uh, Tony Moore, which is yep. kind of an interesting way to go at it too. Not bringing like a you know a Daryl, obviously not bringing a Daryl because Daryl's not in the comic books. Bring not bringing even like a um, Carl from the comic books, but taking a video game character and rendering him in that style is an interesting approach. Mm. Uh, so anyway, that's the that's that news, and and uh, we'll we'll find out if there's anything else happening to uh, to report out. Yep. That um, that's uh, that's all of our news, though. Did you have anything else? No, no, no. That's that's um that is it for now. Um, you know, I I think I think we're ready to jump into this this first episode, and I'm I'm very curious to hear what you think. Um. So this is the first of Dead Island and uh, Dead City. Oh, Dead sorry, City. Dead City, Dead <laughs> Island, Monster Island, whatever kind of an island. Sorry, Dead City. Um, and the first episode is called Old, Old Acquaintance, and this is the the spinoff from Walking Dead that features Negan and Maggie. And we've both been anticipating this. Um, I think so- you must be have been anticipating this more since it's basically shot in your neighboring aisle. Well, I was excited to see them in like a real city, but but we'll talk about that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, Lauren Iaconelli is the um, <laughs> director. Eli Journet, the, the writer, perhaps. Where is my Wikipedia? Director. Yeah, that's correct. And I had been saying that Burton Birdie directed this, but they actually directed the pilot of Rick and Michonne. The Rick and Michelle yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so never mind. Uh, and this this starts with um, this starts with some like there's a lot of stuff that happens that we don't get to see when this starts. Yep. Like they fill in through exposition, and I I guess like trying to fit it all in would have made it um, too long, and they'd have to re- resurrect the hilltop set, which I'm sure is just a pile of logs now, like. Yeah, there's obviously a lot of problems with trying to start this on screen, but it, it the act the actions that are happening in the first five minutes with Maggie in the cold open are uh, like kind of happening in a vacuum of information, right? So I guess I'm starting with a bit of a nitpick that we see Maggie looking at across a body of water. Is that recognizably New York to you? A Chrysler Building is there, right? Yeah, it's. Kind of New York. It's fine. It's obviously New York if you know New York. Okay. Why is it obviously? Well, just because of the skyline. I mean, they have yeah. that, you know, the obvious buildings that are there um, with, uh, you know, some breakdown and whatever. But yeah, I thought um, that looked good, actually. Yeah. Um, and she's looking at a ton of zombies shuffling around and she's breathing hard and looking stressed out. And she has no weapons except for like a really expensive, well, a nice looking scope. Right. Um, 
and then she hides from some zombies and one one crawls up to her and she freaks out smashes it with her with her scope smashes its face into pulp yeah but all over herself you know um you know maggie is well trained well versed like even this initial thing where a zombie manages to get the jump on her didn't feel realistic to me um i just don't she's just too seasoned at this point um and in fact like her desperation or her like i don't know I almost would have rather seen her sort of nonchalantly like, oh, yeah, kind of it kind of got too close and whatever. But and I and, you know, I get, think we're supposed to glean the fact that, you know, other things are going on that are informing her reaction to this her insane yeah. reaction to this. But where's her she, knife, though, is my big question. Right, like it's just to me, it's sort of like, OK, I know what you're trying to do here, but it felt a little forced and it doesn't feel realistic given what we know about Maggie. So. So I do have a few things that I'm like, I'm not excited. I'd like, even from the get-go when this happened, I was like, oh, no, are we really doing this? Uh, Maggie's having a little bit of a, like, something going on right now. I don't know. Like, like the things that they often do with Maggie and the things that you and I disliked that they did with Maggie, this is somebody who has gone through multiple, like, kind of crazy things and then you expect her to have learned from those things and not react this way. And it's one of those things where I feel like they're retroactively trying to like add in this layer of inset, similar to what they did with Rick too. It's like, Oh, Rick's going through a crazy time. And you know (laughs) that because his beard is crazy. And in this case, you know that because Maggie kind of goes totally insane to, to like crush the zombie. Um, yeah, when- and it's they they do some stuff with the sound that you you could tell she's yelling, but yeah. you can't really hear it. Like it's you ever seen on um, there's this meme going around of playing uh, clips of dance numbers in musicals without yeah. the, the music. And yeah. I feel like if you did that with this scene, it would be her yelling really loudly next to a herd of zombies and they would all run up to her and kill her. Yeah. Uh, but because of the way that they're doing the the sound, you know, in this in this episode, it's it's like her screams are drowned out by the sound of I don't know, was it music or some effect that. Yeah. Um, but that creates kind of a, a break in the realism for me looking at this, looking at a woman clearly yelling out as she destroys something's face. Uh, um, but those memes are pretty funny when you watch them. Um, okay. However, that takes us to the cold oh, or the credits, which were uh, kind of interesting. There's a lot going on in them. There's they're they're telling a story as they often do, um, but more even than the story of the Angela Kang season eleven credits, which were like things are growing, uh, getting grown over, things are mm-hmm. breaking down. This was like kind of really going back in history. You're looking at like helicopters on fire. You're looking at uh, things exploding in the streets of New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this, these were interesting uh, title credits. I know every time I bring up title credits, H.A., you get very quiet. But uh, did you have any take on these? Um, I liked them, but I also feel like, you know, and that's fine. I guess they're going to do a little bit of exposition this way. But my feeling about some of it is that it's a little bit lazy, that you can't fill in the story in a normal storytelling way in your series. So we're going to take the place of that and we're going to add these into the credits i guess in this play in this particular series it helps set the table because it's you know i guess they didn't want to go back to new york and show some of that stuff when it you know everything first went down and i understand that but 
I just feel like it's a lazy way out of having like proper storytelling is all. I, okay. I, I hear you. Um, I like that there was some stuff toward the end of the credits of the Statue of Liberty with like all these ladders and scaffolds running up up mm-hmm. it. And there's somebody up there. There's a person. Um, and then Negan mentions the Statue of Liberty again later. Mm-hmm. So I wonder. I have. I wonder. Um, I think they'll end up there at some point. Clearly. Some point. But, yeah. Yeah. Feels like a set piece. Uh, yep. OK. But then <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> as the credits end, we are at some crab and steakhouse uh, with a Ford Bronco an old Ford Bronco, obviously uh, being driven by a very cleaned up version of Maggie. She's, she's wearing different clothes. Her hair is slicked back and she goes into this bar with a couple of um, sex workers in front of it. I'm like, is this, this, is, are we gone back in time? What, what show are we watching all of a sudden? Did you, what was your take on just the outside? I wasn't sure what to think. I mean, I guess it's just sort of like a roadhouse thing and, I guess the equivalent of a saloon slash house of something. I don't know. Or maybe this is just a normal thing that goes on in these kinds of areas. You don't know. Um, But I think it is not anything that's out of the norm, at least as far as how Maggie reacts to it. Um, So, you know, maybe it's like a rest stop and this is just like a normal thing that happens. I don't know. Um, There's a lot of context missing for us as the audience here. And it it comes together, but not really until we meet meet up with Negan later. And even then there's big holes in what turns out to have been a fairly sizable time jump. Um, So it's it's it makes sense given all of that context. By the end of the episode, you kind of are like, oh, okay, so this bar is, is part of something maybe like part of this, this organization. Well, either way, we'll get there. So she goes in and she's playing this part uh, with the bartender. She's, she's pretending to be someone drunk and she's pretending to be looking for some, someone who can kill zombies for her groaners as she's calling them in this episode. Mm-hmm. And um, she sneaks off into this motel, which is apparently behind the, the bar and finds a hotel room goes inside and is about to like bust into the shower when she is um, absconded with by two of the bouncers and then questioned by a very recognizable woman. Yep. Who's uh, Michelle Hurd is the actor. I think the, the name she's given in the show is like bar owner. <laughs> right. And she's they in don't... Picard and yeah, and that's who, that's what I recognize her from is uh, season one of Picard, which I still haven't finished. I'm way behind on that show. Um, yeah, and then she's like, I, I could tell you were looking for something. And uh but Maggie's not about to be questioned or uh, or injured. And she uh pulls out this boot knife. And I don't mean like a knife stuck in the top of her boot, I mean toe toe yep. boot. Boot toe. toe boot something. Stabs Michelle Hurd, bar owner, and beats up a couple of the other guys, and then she sees Negan. Negan's there. What? Yep, and uh, she tries to run after him, but uh, I, I think Ginny trips her in this scene. Yeah, this young girl, uh, a teenage girl who trips uh, Lauren Cohan, Maggie, and um, then they have like a chase scene. It, you know, this scene, these scenes play out that they're okay. I wasn't a hundred percent like enjoying. It. I was enjoying it enough, but it was just like I, I felt like I was struggling to keep up with 
where things were a little bit too much probably here. Um, but she chases them down, like does not run them over, but she's chasing Negan down and this girl. We don't know who they are. She's also dropped her book of maps because some other guy from the bar tried to pull her out of her car. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they have like once she pulls them over, she sits them down and like gives them I want to say gives them water and like they have like a fairly reasonable conversation with each other. Sort of reasonable. Um and, you know, it kind of goes the way that you would expect it to go. But I guess um, it's, you know, some of the things that we saw them sort of try to resolve at the end of uh, the Walking Dead series, the original, the OG, um, was some of the whole tension between Negan and Maggie. And not that they came to a completely comfortable resolution, but they did a really kind of decent job i thought of at the very least giving them some kind of a a truce and and negan kind of mentions that um but apparently maggie is all angry again and i don't know like like i guess the whole idea that um and i guess we find out why she's angry again and there's some implication that either she thinks negan has information and you know it um it just feels like a level of rage that feels i don't want to say forced but it feels like they had already dealt with some of these issues and put them to bed why are they now back and back in full force and are we relitigating this entire thing again and that's how the basis of the show is going like this tension between the two of them um and I guess maybe the point is, is that it's just always going to be an ongoing tension, but this is like many, many years have passed. Um, they'd already kind of tried to put that to bed in the last series. So it feels a little bit to me like it's repeating again, the same theme that just won't go away. I don't know. What do you think about it? No, I agree with you. I, I feel the same. They they do some work a little later in the episode when she's having, I don't know actually when it happens, but she's having those dreams where they're mm-hmm. replaying the footage from season six. I want to say mm-hmm. uh, of the lineup with the saviors and where we meet Negan at the, um, the bad time. And they play that over and over again, honestly, like she's, she's seeing it in her head. We see Glenn, we see, uh, we see Glenn get, get murdered multiple times again. Mm-hmm. Um, that's and, and and I think they're saying like oh, and and Negan even says it later in the episode. He's like because of the way Herschel was taken, you are you know this is bringing up a lot of memories and it's making you hate me. And uh, she, yeah, so she's she's playing that out. But I agree with you that emotion. Like for me, uh, I'm like yeah, we've been here, and I don't really want to necessarily stay here. I did right. not expect this show to bring us backwards. I kind of thought we were going to start from where we left off, which was not like buddies, but uh, at least like a respect, I want to say. Well, a respect and understanding. And I guess that's part of like uh, this is this is why this bothered me so much. It to me, it's sort of like this um, this idea that the audience isn't smart enough to kind of connect those things from the last series that you're kind of stepping this back. You're trying to set a premise here, maybe for new viewers. I don't know. And maybe that's why they did this because they're trying to maybe get a bigger base, but we all know that anybody who's going to be watching this, you're not going to gain 
like a huge new audience maybe like and even if it was they would probably be like motivated enough to try to figure out what the backstory was at some point either by looking at the original series or doing some kind of background like to me this is very lazy a very lazy way to set the premise of the show um and kind of annoying at least for me and i'm sure for other people who are are fans of the show and probably like i was really um impressed with the interaction between Maggie and Negan at the end of the last uh, the last season of the walking dead that that interaction with them I liked how it didn't leave things sort of perfectly clean between them, but they did have a mutual understanding at that point. And then they kind of have to go and rewind and go back here and and just redo it again, which again, it felt like just a little bit weird that that's what their decision was in terms of the story making. Yeah. Um, The storytelling rather. Um, So anyway, but, but that's what they decided to do. Um, And I also think that the whole motivation the fact that Herschel has been kidnapped and that it's some new big bad named the Croat that was a former whisperer or sorry, former um, savior, savior, sorry. Um, former whisperer would have been funnier. Um, a former savior. Um, and, you know, I guess that that tells sort of a story, but I was, you know, I guess that would have to be always mo- Maggie's motivation, but the, f- like how many people are going to get kidnapped or how many people are going to get sort of like this sort of back and forth kind of thing. Uh, I guess Herschel is her main motivation for everything. So you have to kind of involve him, but this, I don't know. I was just a little bit annoyed that that's what the whole thing was, is that it's a rescue mission, but I suppose you have to give Maggie and Negan the motivation to kind of go into the, the wilds of Manhattan that, you know, and that's about it, right? Like, that's the only thing that would possibly motivate them, given what we know about Manhattan at this point, um, that it was like a ground zero, that it was a pretty horrible set when all of this went down, just given the population density. Yeah. Um, and so- the uh, limited ways in and out. Um, there's some other interesting f- world building in this scene where she gives Negan a wanted poster of himself where he's wanted and he talks about he's wanted by the new Babylon marshals, which is a new entity we have not heard about before. Mm. Um, we, we also, uh, I guess yeah, and she, the first thing she asks him is where's Annie and your kid. And he doesn't answer. Right. Uh, and we still, even by the end of this episode, don't know how much time has passed. He's been on the road with Ginny for at least a year, uh, like on the run. So he hasn't seen any or his baby child. Probably, maybe who, it's probably not a baby since Glenn. Uh, it turns out Herschel has aged. Herschel's now a teenager. Yep. Uh, so impossible to tell exactly how much time has passed. He's not like, I don't know. It's like another five years, maybe. Probably at least. And so maybe I mean we we had we had thought that maybe Annie was dead because she wasn't in any of the poster art. So we'll find, I don't know if we'll even find out. He does not answer that question, at least as far as I recall. No, nope, he um, doesn't. He makes it a very awkward pause and then they keeps, he keeps moving on. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And so I do think that the, the world building, that there's this other like group of people um, that um, 
whatever this organization or city is, Babylon, and there's some, you know, that, and not only that, but it's like, um, not sure exactly what crimes he's being. Is this like for the stuff that he did as saviors? It's hard to tell. Oh, no, it's for a murder. They, they do talk um, about it later. He's wanted for murder. He killed right. a magistrate. Oh, okay. And, you know, but that there is now some kind of lawful organization. And so, so that's sort of like an interesting thing. Um, and apparently has enough resources to send trained people after like a fugitive, which again, seems a little far-fetched given resources and things like that, but maybe things have changed. I was really impressed with these marshals up to a point. Uh, suddenly I became much less impressed with them uh, toward the end of the episode, but like th they show up, they, everybody is terrified of them. They show up at the bar uh, after Maggie and Negan have made them scarce, made themselves scarce with Ginny, Ginny, mm -hmm. and it's weird to have another character named Ginny, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Virginia, Virginia, Ginny. They didn't always call her Ginny, but yeah, did, didn't they call her Ginny sometimes? They did. Oh, they did. Yeah, they did. that's that's a bit weird. I don't think I've ever run into a person named Ginny in my entire life. So <laughs> to have two on this show is is um, you know curious. Uh, but either way, so the marshals show up at the bar. Michelle Heard playing bar owner is uh, resistant to their questioning, but um, eventually gives up the information because they are threatening to feed her to some zombies that live in a paddock next to her bar. Apparently mm -hmm. she gives them what she knows. And then the head marshal is like, well, paragraph two, you know, subsection three, uh, you aided and abetted. And I'm like, I don't, if she didn't know that he was wanted for murder, and maybe she did, but they didn't prove that. Anyway, the the penalty is death, and she's given him. She's given him what she had, and they get her. Uh, they throw her into the paddock to get eaten alive. <laughs> yeah, and it's a little. Um, uh, well, I mean, and maybe this is why people are afraid of the marshals. Like they're not exactly. Uh, reasonable and they they're kind of strong arming people and their methods so and then he's basically like well she broke the law so that's how it is like very you know rigid in his lawfulness i suppose um but though i will say the other marshal that is with him seems upset about it so uh, yeah that guy is like a yeah. trainee yep uh <laughs> jano or jano yeah um, and so anyway, they continue to to hunt for for Negan and, and Maggie. Uh, Maggie is, you know, giving Negan the lowdown about Herschel and the fact where he's being held, the Croat. And, you know, Negan, Negan is playing dumb about the Croat, but knows exactly who he is. And, you know, he's again, very Negan about how he does everything. So he doesn't give away any information again about, you know, why he's sort of in this situation, why he may have killed the magistrate. Um, I think he tries to later, doesn't he? Yeah. Like it's, but it didn't go down the way the marshals say it did or something. Yeah. That's yeah. just probably where we'll find out what happened to Annie. Maybe the marshal killed Annie or his child. I don't know. Or both. Um, and so... Or who knows? Or who knows? Uh, if it didn't go down the way they're saying, it, it might not have even been like a vengeance thing. Um, but yeah, he's he's being a little closed, uh, tight tight lipped about the Croat for sure. I think we'll we'll find out that there's a fair amount more to that scenario. Yep. 
Um, they, um, however, have uh, just gone to the coasts after getting Jenny, Ginny, put uh, like sent to safety with some rando from Hilltop who we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not at Hilltop, apparently. It's huge. They kind of thought they were going to Hilltop, but obviously, well, they can't because it was raided. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, like maybe Hilltop wasn't raided. I feel like this Wikipedia that were the, the roundup of this episode says that Hilltop was attacked, but she kind of makes it sound like they never went back to Hilltop. Yeah, she does. Um, I don't, um, it, it, she says it wasn't like worth it or something like that. So, but I mean, you know, essentially what they're doing is so that they don't have to show that set again, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so they, but they basically set up Ginny and they, like, but they don't show any set. They just send her no. off with this random person yeah, we've yeah, never yeah. seen who does not look like a zombie survivor, frankly. Right, uh, right. This lady looks like, uh, comfortable. Let's, let's say she, she does right. not look like she's been, um, Living in the streets, which is one of the things that I want from my zombie survivors. Yeah. Um, and so they they are now on their own, having, you know, divested themselves of Ginny. And, you know, they have their little encounters and Negan's doing his Negan thing about, well, you are all riled up about blah, 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 or whatever it is. And, you know, and they're he reluctantly agrees to go into Manhattan with her. Um, and I don't know. What did you think about them getting in there and like that whole way of getting in there with the boats and hostage taking? Um, so they end up taking one of the marshals. Yeah, they, t- they take the trainee ho- hostage yeah. after we Pearly, the leader, has explained why Manhattan is a bad place. Um, mm-hmm. and they've been searching all over every crossing into the city because uh, Pearly found the map book that Maggie had dropped. And apparently she had like maybe underlined the word Manhattan. I don't know exactly how he made the connection, but he I did. Think he, I think he just looked, there's one page missing and then he looked in the thing and it was uh, Manhattan as yeah. the, you know, the guide. Well, so, he, he followed yeah. his gut and it took them eventually right to uh, Maggie and Negan um, where they were loading up this boat to cross over. And so they eventually go and they take Jano, the trainee, the intern with, with them halfway across they're in some fog and they stop the boat and Negan's going to throw Jano overboard so he can swim back. Um, Jano's looking down at the water like, ee, and Maggie persuades Negan not to do that because he is still leverage. And Negan is more concerned that he, he is like, I don't know, like kind of like a string tied to the marshals. They'll never stop following them as long as they have right. him. Right. Uh, and then as soon as they like change their minds and they have like, they have actually a really meaningful and important set of conversations here though. I, but I just want to say like, as soon as they start driving forward again, there are live zombies in the water all, all around them just floating. Right. Right. Which it I would thought, not have been. I was like, Negan, did you not notice that this was the case or did you not care? Like, that I, was... th- I think that he noticed and did not care. Um, yeah. So I think that that was sort of the, you know, um, that yeah. was the point uh, was that he wasn't going to he was like saying he could swim back, but he knew that that wasn't. I mean, nobody wants to swim in the Hudson on a good day, right? Let no. alone when it's full, when <laughs> no, it's full of zombies. zombies. Um, um, so we've also seen that Pearlie has an address in his pocket uh, for someone named Joel Alexander, I want to say. Yeah. Um, uh, in New York. So he's also has like maybe someone he wants to go visit or check out 
in New York. But as soon as they realize that Jano's been taken, uh, they get their own boat off of their truck. So you know that they're coming, they're following. Um, right. But in the meantime, Negan and Maggie have had another um, discussion. Negan laying out like he's like, look, when the Croat came for you, your village, they whistled like saviors. So I know that you are having a lot of like flashbacks right now is kind of how what he says, because and we've yeah. seen her having the flashbacks. Um, yeah. So uh, and the, the the lines here are like not a, maybe there are no bad guys, maybe. So, right. I'm not the bad guy. Maybe nobody's the bad guy. Maybe everybody's the bad guy. How many husbands and fathers have you killed? Right. And Maggie's like, but uh, no, it's different. Yeah. <laughs> this is something. Um, and, and she's like, the things you did, I will never get forgiven or never get forgotten or something along those lines. But I'm kind of like, you know, I feel like even in the episode where no, definitely in the episode where Rick kills Gracie's dad. Mm-hmm. in the savior war which is a terrible series of episodes that still is one of those moments that kind of sticks with you like yeah yeah you're all bad you're all bad people well right and again this is a very similar conversation to what they had before yeah. we're and treading sort of, why, yeah. and it's why i did i was really annoyed that they were doing this again and kind of repeating the same thing and making kind of the excuse that it's because Herschel was taken, that she was having all these kind of flashbacks and that she's back in that same spot. But it was a big deal that she got to that point with Negan at the end of the walking dead series, like that whole interaction with him, that whole like sort of like laying certain things to rest and having a, a truce with him, which he even he even brings up um but it felt like this was to me incredibly lazy storytelling and i was really annoyed by it i was just so annoyed by it because it's just like i don't think you even need to do that with these characters they're already there it's already interesting enough like i think you honestly could have set something up where she's tracking down negan i don't think she needs to go through all these hoops uh about telling him that he's wanted and all this other stuff like like, I think you could have her reluctantly ask for his help. All this tension and weird conflict between them doesn't make sense to me, given where they were when they we left them last. And certainly not when you have many years between that time and this. So, like, that, to me, worries me a little bit about this series. And hopefully this is just sort of a clunky start and maybe we can move on from this. But that really just, it didn't sit well with me. Yeah, if anything, my prediction is this is them, this is the showrunner breaking their relationship down so that they can rebuild it again. Maybe. And it will, yeah, but we, like you said, like we've been saying, we've been there. We've already broken it down and we've already rebuilt it to a, right. to a point. By the end of the, of season 11, it's not like they were best friends. I think she even said like, I will never forgive you, but I can try and work on my right. anger issues. And so it's, it, there's a, there is some consistency here, but it is also just like rep, repetitious mm -hmm. so but they have anyway. this they have the scene of them um parting through the fog and arriving at the city and going oh my god look at it but they don't really show that much what they're seeing a little bit but yeah which is really interesting i don't know if you watched this sort of like the yeah. end yeah and, i did and they made a huge deal about this part where i was like it wasn't really actually that you know mind uh, it's um, just shots of their faces looking right looking overwhelmed I think because maybe because they want it to be like a, a mental, a mental moment parting maybe. of the fog in a way, maybe. but 
yeah, now they have to be on the same page. And you know what? They really do because New York, zombie New York is terrifying. Yep. Uh, H.A. Conrad, I this is like the last place I want to be. I was having some real like Escape from New York vibes, though, from yeah. it. Yeah. But um, but the 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 zombies falling off damn buildings is mm-hmm. like, <sighs> you know, they get there. It's the middle of the night. It's really quiet until somebody makes a loud noise. And then suddenly zombies start falling from the sky. Right. Right. They, there's nowhere to hide because they go into a doorway and there's zombies in the glass door behind them. Yeah, they're everywhere. Uh, and then more coming from the sky. And then there's like creepy people looking at them from rooftops. Yep. Uh, I feel like the vibe in this city, even though it feels slightly plastic or artificial, there's something about it. Maybe it's the lighting. Maybe it's the fact that they're clearly on a set. I can't tell. I think I think that's what it is. It's like there's something throwing me off, but it's still very disturbing. Uh, what was your take up until they get to the the uh, garbage pile scene? How, how did yeah. you like those sets of scenes? No, I thought that that was really good. Um, I don't know where they're filming it. Some of it feels it, so like there's like different parts where it, it some parts didn't feel like New York. Um, so I'm wondering exactly where they were filming a couple of these things, but I liked the idea and I think that they did show like what a popular, at least they started to show, and I guess we'll see a little bit more, um, what a city like this would look like after, and this is like considering that's years and years after, but there's, you know, the idea that there's these sort of buildings full of people, uh, or walkers that like are these sort of. And, and everywhere you turn, there's sort of like another pocket of them. I thought that was kind of a cool idea. I liked I liked the, them falling off the buildings. And I do think that they set this up in a way that it's almost like you're, everywhere you run, there is going to be danger and there's really no escape. Um, and so that was kind of a cool thing. So I was, I was all right with that. So to bring up a continuity, a, an annoying continuity, but actually sort of statement, We've been seeing in the 11 seasons of The Walking Dead how zombies have just started like lying down and being reclaimed by nature. Yep, but we're not Um, seeing that here. We're talking about how many years since the zombie apocalypse now, at least 15 maybe? And New York still looks very like a city. There's some overgrowth, but like, I don't know, five years worth maybe. Um, Like we're not looking at at forests growing in the middle of of the streets. Uh, we're not looking at zombies just lying down and not getting back up again. So there, there is some of that that that's missing, I think, here. Well, and they kind of try to show like some of the buildings, like some moss and whatever, but it's a half-hearted attempt, right? Yeah. It's not any at any. It's nowhere near close to the level that we have seen in other areas. I guess you could make some argument that in a more like like a, an urban setting that there's a little bit less ability to do that. But since this is years and years, I still think, especially given some of the, um, you know, there's Central Park, there's like other Greenlands, like, you you know, and maybe it's that like it was such a huge um, sort of ground zero for zombies that you're not going to see the wildlife kind of take over in the ways that we've seen it in sort of other areas of the show. Um but it does feel like there should probably be a little bit more uh, wildlife creep in this, right? And then yeah. that the walkers also should be, I mean, since they have been kind of just dormant um, or should have been dormant because there shouldn't be all that much activity in the city, 
it feels like we should see a little bit more of that kind of breakdown um, just from the years and the age. But um, but maybe, I mean, look, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for these sets. I get yeah. it. So yeah. we'll have to see what happens. Maybe they'll do a little bit more with that later on. I can I can pocket that again and then trot it out later. But I, I, that was one thought uh, because it does it. You know, they're like hiding under scaffolding. The scaffolding last 15 years. I don't know. Maybe it does. Yeah, I don't know. Scaffolding's like a thing that maybe it is forever. Who knows? It's a forever scaffold. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> True. All right. But so they 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 move along. They're trying to keep this damn intern and in, in, you know alive. And uh he keeps like trying to he runs away, tries to run away once. Negan stops him. Uh he's like tripping over things. Uh the hiding behind this garbage pile. They're looking at this wall of buses that has been stacked up, like four or five city buses to block off a street. Like scary just in, in the like, uh, you know, how did somebody even do this limit levels of scary? Obviously, they have a crane mm-hmm. um, and it makes you think, well, maybe this place isn't as deserted as perhaps we thought Um when there's a truck that drives by playing really weird music and a zombie horde following it. um, they don't get into cover fast enough, in my opinion. No, they don't. They take. It's kind of a slow loop, right? Like it's yeah. a really slow jog. Well, I think uh, they're trying not to like appear out of the corner of their of the I zombies' know. eyes, but the, no, no, they no, but take so. cover in what is probably for some people the worst place ever. Um, and these are apparently these are all CGI, as we learned in the uh, after show. But there's just cockroaches, lots and lots and lots of cockroaches. Yeah. Um. And I don't know that people who've been living in the zombie apocalypse would be this freaked out by by some bugs. Yeah, cockroaches don't bite; they'll just kind of right. yeah, they'll crawl on you and stuff. They'll well, tickle. and it's also it's also like okay, they're not going to be just limited to like a city setting because they just kind of go everywhere. So it's I feel like they would have already encountered this even in the outskirts of the city. Yeah. So, so that felt a little forced to me, though. They were really excited to talk about it in the after show that this was like a huge thing for them to do. Yeah, which is a little silly, but anyway, um, it it is gross, um, you know, and because they they like a bag falls down and there's like thousands and thousands of them on a body, and and Negan's response of nope was great. Yep. Jeffrey yeah. Morgan uh, nailing that one, and they just kind of get the hell out of there. Yep. Uh, and they go mm-hmm. inside this, what is it, like a tailor? No, it's a dry cleaner with a tailor extension Yeah, it's like or a something. dry cleaner place. And, you know, and then Pearly kind of catches up with them in there and they do the whole, like, the normal stuff that you would expect in a dry cleaners and, <laughs> you know, dodging around that kind of set, which I was like, all right, I see what you're doing here. Great. And- I was impressed, though, by the way, Pearly A was able to find them um, in New right. York, frankly. Yeah. And then... Uh, like they they were just blowing zombie hordes away with this machine gun and i was like wow these marshals are you know managed to stay alive and are tracking these three people who haven't been making a ton of noise mm-hmm. uh this is this is impressive but then they get inside pearly and his accomplice uh, like deputy get inside he leaves deputy with the with the m16 looking rifle at the door which is glass and says nobody gets out Mm-hmm. And then he goes hunting uh, the three of them by himself, which is two of two enemies and a Yano, a Jano. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is where it gets dumber. Like you said, there's some cat and mouse stuff in the in the laundromat 
or the dry cleaners rather. And then things suddenly go really badly. Like he gets attacked by a zombie and, uh, who's dressed up as clothes or something like, in a in a dry cleaner bag. Yeah. And I and, couldn't tell if somebody had, you know, I don't know. It felt like he had been either placed there or somebody had killed him in there or something, or maybe he killed himself. Who knows? Yeah, um, suffocated. Yeah. The, um, the door collapses and the guy who has like successfully crossed into Manhattan and, you know, murdered hordes of zombies with his, with his uh, rifle is killed without firing a shot. By I know. It's just sad. It's just like, I would have found and, somewhere else to hide. Don't stand right in front of the door. Stand in a corner where you can watch the door, maybe. Or I don't know. Right. And then he also, we know, because he had told them that he had his grandmother, or this woman that was kind of like a grandma taking care of him, and he was the only one. So now he's, you know, in innocent death, though. It was Pearlie that took him out. And oh, yeah. Jono gets shot by yep. Pearlie, which was kind of... Yeah, like, okay. So uh, that was a mistake. I mean, he and Negan were having an argument at the time or yep. a, a, a bit of a fracas. So Pearlie has killed his intern. Uh, and then it's kind of, uh, yeah, the scene was fine. He gets into a fight with Maggie eventually. And or let me back up. Pearlie is like drawing a bead on Negan with his yeah. hunting rifle. Yeah. Maggie sneaks up behind him and tries to uh, assassinate yeah. him. After Pearlie has been doing all this, I'm Pearlie and I have three daughters and I like hog mm -hmm. stew and I'm a guy just like you. Yeah. Uh, so she kind of looks like she's hesitating long enough for him to turn around and they have a fight. He he basically beats her until she takes off her necklace and whips him in the face with it, which I still don't know why what why yeah, that worked. I don't know either. Um, and then you know, and he says some things like, "Oh, if you come out now, it'll be better." If I catch you, it'll be worse and all this other stuff. And, yeah. and I you will know, catch you. And they they eventually get into this thing and she like confesses all the stuff to him about why she's there. And, um, you know, but it doesn't seem to make a difference. No, it doesn't. And because due to his word, if she waited it, and maybe it wouldn't have anyway, because it seems kind of like that's just how it's going to be with this guy um, after he killed the yeah, bartender yeah. for no reason. Yeah, of course, it's going to be bad. Um, so, so they, she, she beats him, knocks him out with his own rifle, then throws his rifle aside and runs after Negan. Don't understand that maneuver. Nope. Um, they, they run away like two, five, 10 seconds later, we look at the, we see this, the shot of the floor where he was lying and he's not there anymore. So he has gotten up and disappeared. However, everybody else is dead. Mm -hmm. We came to uh, like his buddies are dead from the marshals. Um, not sure where Maggie and Negan are going at this point, but they run off and we go into the final couple scenes of the episode, which are with um, Herschel and initially with Herschel and the Croat Herschel. This is where we see that he's basically a teenager. He looks like he's 17 or something. Yep. He looks pretty old, old 17 year old and mm -hmm. uh, certainly not a little kid anymore. And he's being tough until the Croat starts bringing out all these torture implements. What he's trying to get information about, I'm not sure. He's really just asking Herschel, like, hey, have you ever met mm -hmm. the man who killed your father, Negan? He used to live with him. Have you ever met him? And Herschel's like, I'll die before I tell you anything. Which I'm like, why would you? Why would you it, say that? Like, what, what does it matter? Like, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> But then a messenger comes in and he's like, oh, the guy got away. 
this is some interesting stuff because the guy who got away is the guy that people when they saw the trailers for this show people thought this was a uh an advanced zombie yeah you can understand why because he's really bloody he's not wearing a shirt Mm -hmm. and he's like jumping off of rooftops and i think they had they showed us like a one second clip of this in the trailer or in the original trailer for this series and people like oh look they've got advanced zombies here too but no he's just a human that was pretty tricky it was tricky and i think you know maybe a little bit of us you know maybe they'll we'll figure out that that they have they have advanced zombies later but um yeah for now he's just a bloody dude that a a bloody dude who doesn't really get any lines and the croat is like hey tell me where was it tell me about your people or something along those lines Yeah, something about that like that um Uh, so and he tries the man tries to zip line away from the building where they're at and uh, <laughs> the croat just yeah. snips the line and the guy falls and the croat's really excited about how far he fell yep um yeah so that is that is definitely i mean it gives you definitely idea of the croat's personality he's trying to play good cop bad cop and crazy cop all at the same time. And he does a little bit of that with Herschel. And so you definitely, and, and these are like things that this actor, and I can't remember who the actor is, but he is incredibly creepy. There's like a sociopathic kind of thing to him. And the thing is, he's played like a lot of characters. His name is Zeldko like Ivanek. Yes. He always he, plays this kind of character. <laughs> well, he plays characters like this, but he's also played like, bureaucrats and diplomats like yeah. he's often a guy in the white house he's like often a guy in the situation rooms like well mr president i can't endorse this or something along those lines you know or mm-hmm. he is the president or or, or he's like the, yeah. the, the the you know secretary of defense or something he's he's often because he's looked the same for the last 20 years i don't think this yeah. guy he, he, he kind of like a steve martin i think he turned gray early and then just stayed that stayed this way yeah i also think he was in um um I feel like he was in Big Love, maybe. Um, and but when he does play these kinds of characters, there's something like incredibly uh, just creepy about. He does a really good job. I mean, I think he's a great um, character actor, and so you believe that this that he's capable of just doing these incredibly like um, kind of dark things. Um, without even without even thinking about it um and i was trying to think there was some other thing that he was in that he played this kind of um i don't know like uh yes he was he was in in big love and he he was playing that kind of a character just this kind of sort of lulling. big love with bill paxton yeah and he played like this kind of polygamous character that would sort of win people over and make it seem as if he was like on their side and, you know, kind of lulling people into this sense of security and then pounced with kind of some really like ill-fated and kind of sick things. So Hmm. this is what it reminded me of. And I'm like, ah, that guy again. (laughs) So, and he does a good job at it. Um, So I think, um, you know, he's, he's, and it's good to see him. I think he's great. So I, I I think he could, this is nice that he's the big bad and I think he's got the chops to play it. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, for now, it's just sort of the standard, oh, I'm, you know, snipping the line. And I do think that that gives like a, 
sort of a Negan-esque feeling, honestly, um, to what we have seen Negan do before. It's like, okay, you're going to run. I told you what was going to happen. I'm going to snip the line. It'll be fine. You know, like there's a very matter of fact way about which he goes and does things. Um, And so he is somebody not to be um, messed with. And so I think they set him up as a good um, antagonist here. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what we learn about him. Apparently uh, in the coming up next episode, he learns that Negan is in New York and he seems interested in this. So he seems interested in Negan. Negan mm-hmm. is apparently brought into this because he knew the Croat. The Croat also knows Negan. That stands to reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, they want to, well, one of them wants to meet the other one again for some reason. And we'll find out what that is. Yep. So I don't know. I kind of hope that they they do more with this um, and that it isn't quite so repetitive. So I will give it. I will give it more of a, let's see what the next episode is like. I think I want to see a lot more about what's going on in the city and more a little, I think we got a little taste of it, but I would like to see more what it's like for the people who are living in this city now that it's like this. So. Yeah. Um, it'll be good to meet more of New York. I'm just having a thought H A as we're wrapping like so Pearly had also in the bar when he was talking to the bartender, the bar owner, had mentioned why Negan was a bad man. And he's like, he once killed a a man who was next to his pregnant, you know, wife uh, with a baseball bat. If you can believe such a crazy thing. I mean, you're like, mm-hmm. that probably happens like every Tuesday in this world, but okay. Um, yep. And then the fact that the Croat knew that that had happened and knew that that, had, that Herschel was related to Negan in this way. This is interesting. Because how could this yeah. guy know this? Right. Uh, and how, unless... and how, how is news traveling this quickly in this world when it seems like they're going by things with like weird wanted posters and things like that? I don't know. Unless he picked Herschel because of this. So I'm curious to to if we'll learn that Herschel was this bait on purpose. We'll find out. Yeah. Because it's weird that he would have known this. It's you know, unless he was in the Saviors at the time of all that shit going down and then left the Saviors just before they all got, you know, uh, rolled up or left the Saviors after the Savior War and went to New York. Who knows? We'll find out. Hopefully we'll find out more. Uh, anyway, I'm just kind of uh, thinking about this um, and I'm glad that the show has made me wonder about these things. Yep. Um, so. All right. So. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. <laughs> let us know what good. you thought. If you're watching this show too, give us a holler. Let us know what you thought of the first episode. Uh, was it enough to to capture your imagination, bring you in? Did you want more? Were you disappointed? Were you excited? Uh, let us know. You can reach us at reanimatedpodcast at gmail.com. We're on at reanimatedpcast. Maybe we'll be on threads. I don't know, guys. No pressure. Uh, and then... We, you can find all of our episodes online at reanimatedpod, reanimated.podbean.com. So get at us. Indeed. And until next time, ciao. Bye for now. <laughs>